0: staying in the driver's seat with your mindset. So many times, like the biggest thing I tell people, mindset is everything. Um, Where your mindset goes, that's that's your steering wheel for your life. So you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. If you could just stay in the driver's seat and keep steering towards your goal. And, you know, it's almost like when we drive and you get a flat tire, it's like all hell breaks loose and it's loud and the steering wheel and everything's going around and you're trying to hold it. So it's like that with your mindset, if you could just hold on through the tough times, not only hold on, but grab things and say, kind of like put them in the front seat with you. and Say, okay, what did I learn from this? What can I take? Uh, how can this help me next time I approach a road like this or I approach a detour, so to speak? How can this help me? So the biggest thing in my coaching in the book that I try to tell people is number one, your mindset is most important because where you steer your mindset to is where your life will go. Number two, no matter how bad it gets, Stay in the driver's seat because if you can stay in the driver's seat, you can keep going down the road. You can keep getting towards the goal. But if you just stop and complain about the flat tires, so to speak,
1: you're not going to get nowhere. You're stuck right there. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. My wife and I see her and her team every single month for couples massage. And I'm telling you, it is the best thing ever. She specializes in Hanu infusion. Haniu Ashiatsu, Gua Sha, and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you need a massage to get you feeling good and relaxed, make sure to reach out to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. Also mention that I sent you and you get 25 bucks off your massage package also check out cda brows and body ink where tracy offers the best tattoo brows and plasma fibroblasting tightening with the first ever aurora pro plasma titan machine not a plasma pen and don't forget to tell tracy that i sent you to save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows or plasma tightening jeff you're a mind fitness coach entrepreneur author and much more man i'm so excited for this dude thank you for your time man i appreciate it
0: my pleasure eric thank you for having me on man
1: absolutely dude i love to kick things off by going back a bit like where did you grow up what was childhood like for you
0: oh man <clears throat> i grew up in stewart florida so it's okay. like the middle of the state um down by west Palm beach and all that but yeah i grew up there um I traveled a lot when I was six in like a motorhome, so I've been to every state but Alaska. So I've had a kind of very busy, active childhood.
1: Come on, do you, do, was that something that you just did during the summer, or like all the time? Your mom and dad did that.
0: Uh, well, my grandparents raised me, so okay. at six I was kind of having some trouble in school due to some home things, and uh, we just hopped in the motorhome. Man, they kind of sold everything, hopped in the motorhome, and took off. And which is. Great, because in the 80s, you know, they loaded us up with all the sugar and the food and stuff. So stick a six-year-old in a motorhome, it's like sticking a hamster in the shoebox, you know. So yeah. but it was great, man. Uh, I got to see places like Tombstone, the Grand Canyon twice. Um, it was just – it was amazing, man. And I got to – which not to lead into it too fast, but I think that's what helped me in coaching and social media and getting to know people because it was such like – campground leave campground leave so you're meeting so many people building yeah. that relationship there's no time for I'll wait 3 weeks before I say hello they're gone the next day so it was very like hey how you doing hey how you doing hey how you doing so
1: man i you know what yeah. i i went and stayed at KOA campground just a couple weeks back for the first time since i was a kid i, I love my,
0: KOAs man right yeah. yeah took my
1: family there and we it was really a hotel in the woods cuz we stayed in a, a higher fancy end cabin that had water and electricity but oh you at time. KOA right yeah. big time it was a, yeah <laughs> show it <laughs> off thought, now man totally <laughs> but i thought about that i was like dude there's so many people that just go do the koa hop ground like yeah. hopping around all the u.s and they meet these people just for a couple of days and then it's out man and i thought man i bet that life has just got to be so much fun at times man yeah. um man but like you discover, you discovered early on that you wanted to be in charge of your financial situation like when you started mowing lawns when you were and washing cars at 11 I did that as well yeah. I, I love that part of my childhood but who was it that influenced you to go in that entrepreneur direction
0: so it started with the cars and the school clothes like I said my grandparents okay. they did a great job raising me but when you're respectfully when you're in your 50s and 60s and you're getting ready for retirement you're not you're not expecting to raise a grandchild you know and with that comes school clothes comes food comes education i mean school clothes and supplies alone are amazing so i was like let me help out man what can i do so i had a lawnmower and i was like you know i want. back in the day it was you know the jinkos the quicksilver the no fear all those big expensive clothes man i didn't want to go in the kmart franklin shorts i was like i'm not wearing these man So I was like, let me go push my lawnmower up and down the street, see who I, you know, knock on some doors way before social media, knock on the original inbox, the front door. So (laughs) knock on some doors. Let me see whose grass I can cut. I didn't know how to cut grass the best. I watched my grandpa. I obviously cut a lot of grass, you know, as a kid. So I got better and it put me out there of dealing with rejection the reward of getting your own money and then washing cars, man. Everybody's car. Everybody's got a car in the neighborhood and everybody's got grass. So your yeah. opportunity is go up and down the street, work your way from there and then word of mouth.
1: Come on. I, I mean, I saw you did music. Were you like yeah. the, the performer of music or were you like battle on the behind rapper. the scenes? Come rapper. on. So Come I was on. a battle
0: rapper, man. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> the entrepreneur thing, like I said, it started when I was 11. And I was like, the crazy thing is, my grandpa worked all the time. So a lot of the time, and my grandma, you know, was at home, <clears throat> but a lot of the time I was figuring stuff out, man. I was like, you know, we, I mean, they did a great job, but we didn't have all the money in the world. So I had to figure a lot of stuff out. So I spent a lot of time thinking <clears throat> and yeah. I'm like, man, once I did the grass, I was like, I had a lawnmower. What did I have? I, I washed cars. I had a bucket. I had soap. What did I have? When I got into the music industry, I had a uh, Sony acid pro program. Okay. I had Fruit Loops and I had a laptop. <clears throat> and before hustle and flow, I took the old school. Remember the milk crate uh, things under the mattress, the little egg thing. So yeah. I took that, wrapped it around a closet. Got I couldn't afford a filter for my mic, so what I did was cut a wave, cut a container like a Cool Whip container, put the wave cap over it. That was my filter, and I saved up for a mic. And I did I did that by myself. So everything I learned, like I said, it started once you go to become an entrepreneur you don't let the cash flow stop you it's like the greatest program of figure it out yes and and that's and that's what i did man so i got in like battle rap contests. i would go to clubs i would sell my mixtapes out of the trunk i would go to outlet malls i would go i just studied the people before me like rockefeller dame dash like master p you know that's what i did with everything It was donald trump it was russell simmons it was master p it was dame dash it was you know it it was it was all these people that like they laid some kind of blueprint for you to pick from go look and go figure it out
1: Mm, come on the very first CD i ever got was arrested development no and uh like huge fan of those guys right yeah and when i became a podcaster I somehow his, his personal account showed up on my feed on Instagram and I reached out to him and I had him on my show and it was the wow. speech, the lead singer yeah. from rest of yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, mind blown. Like, I'm like, dude, you were the first CD I ever, <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> all starstruck, like, you know, just fanboying over him, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: I would have been like, here, sign it. I would have held it up and sent it to him,
1: man. That oh been awesome, man. man. Yeah. It was so much fun, dude. Uh, so, but you wrote this book called seven secrets you should tell yourself to live in true freedom. What do you cover in this book? And and of those seven secrets, you know, which one is your favorite?
0: My favorite is staying in the driver's seat, staying in the driver's seat with your mindset. So many times, like the biggest thing I tell people, mindset is everything. Um, Where your mindset goes, that's that's your steering wheel for your life. So you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. If you could just stay in the driver's seat and keep steering towards your goal. And, you know, it's almost like when we drive and you get a flat tire, it's like all hell breaks loose and it's loud and the steering wheel and everything's going around and you're trying to hold it. So it's like that with your mindset. If you could just hold on through the tough times, not only hold on, but grab things and say, kind of like put them in the front seat with you. and Say, okay, what did I learn from this? What can I take? Uh, how can this help me next time I approach a road like this or I approach a detour, so to speak? How can this help me? So the biggest thing in my coaching in the book that I try to tell people is number one, your mindset is most important because where you steer your mindset to is where your life will go. Number two, no matter how bad it gets, stay in the driver's seat because if you can stay in the driver's seat you can keep going down the road you can keep getting towards the goal but if you just stop and complain about the flat tires so to speak you're not going to get nowhere you're stuck right there
1: hmm. man that's so good dude yeah. i love that man that's awesome man. dude now you and i we had a conversation a, a couple weeks back around instagram strategy i was having an issue i got locked out of instagram and uh but instagram but, issues no way yeah right <laughs> <laughs> <It> never happens <laughs> Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Look, I wanted to tell you about a company I've been working with. They are amazing. If you are a podcaster, a motivational speaker, or a podcast host, and you're absolutely crushing it, You need to be featured in Newswire Magazine. Newswire Magazine is a cutting edge business publication that shares stories of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and other high achievers who are crushing it in life and in business. It's the preeminent publication for entrepreneurs who are making a tremendous impact. Every article is seen by thousands of readers daily, so being featured in the magazine is a massive personal branding opportunity. Not only will you get massive traffic and SEO benefit from being featured in Newswire Magazine, but you'll also get instant credibility and authority. See if you qualify to be featured in Newswire Magazine today. You seem to have it pretty dialed in on Instagram. Just in the conversation that I had, I learned a ton and figured out some new strategies there, but what are people not doing on Instagram that they need to be doing to grow their brand?
0: They're paying attention to followers and likes, and they're not realizing that some of the followers could be bots. And you can't spend the likes at the store. You can't spend the likes on your electricity bill. And you can't spend the likes basically for anything else. So I feel that they're not understanding two major things. One is algorithm. And two is the grouping that Instagram does for your target market. Hmm. With gotcha. hashtags, with, with, with groups, with, okay, well, like, you know, Jeff's a coach. Eric's a coach. So I just found two coaches looking for one person. So it's like a, back in the day we had a buy one get one free sale. So it's right there. It's one, two in your target market. They're not, they're getting too focused on like high school prom queen, high school king of, oh, how popular am I? If you're in business, it's not about how popular you are. It's, it's, it's what you're doing to grow your business and your brand.
1: Yeah. And is there a hashtag like strategy? Like, is there a number of hashtags that people need to be using?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So, you know, you get 30 hashtags, but basically there's an 80-20 rule where you want to get 80% smaller hashtags. Like uh, if you're looking for entrepreneurs and you put in hashtag entrepreneur and, you know, hashtags do two things. They cover what your post is about and they cover who you're talking to. So if you're a coach and you're talking to entrepreneurs and you put hashtag entrepreneur, there's about, I think, 97.8 million, give or take. It's probably growing now. 97.8 97.8 million posts about using the hashtag entrepreneur. And as you know, hashtags are the real estate. So you yeah. would say, okay, well, if I put, what else can this go into? Okay, mm, hashtag entrepreneur mindset. So now you just drop down to 1.9 million. So you eliminated 96.5 million other things. So you want to do an 80-20 rule of 80% lower number hashtags and 20% your higher number hashtags. So you're kind of thrown into Times Square, so to speak.
1: Gotcha. Okay, yeah. man, that makes sense there. Yeah. Uh, now, now you talk about being a mind fitness coach, like and we hear right. fitness coach, and we hear mindset coach, I've never like heard the combination of and I don't think many people know what that is. But what is it that you do? What is a mind fitness coach?
0: So a mind fitness coach, how I tell people, it's basically how your mind runs, whether you're trying to be a bodybuilder, whether you're trying to be a top real estate agent, whether you're trying to be a top coach, it's all how your mind runs, because how you set your mind up is how you're going to run down your course. So, I work on mindset and I also do some fitness tips, you know, and, and, and have like a fitness business with products. So, it kind of put everything together. And I was like, damn, it is kind of like the way you set your mind up is how your mind will run. So, I was just like, you know, everybody here is mindset coach or I'm a life coach or this or that. And, and, you know, everything's blank coach, blank coach. So, I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. I feel like it separates myself and I feel like it speaks to my audience and who I am.
1: Mm, yeah. So. What does legacy mean to you? What What does Jeff want to be remembered as?
0: Made a difference to the world. I took my relationship uh, with Jesus Christ and my life that Jesus Christ gave me, and I did something with it. I impacted the world because I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, and I'm not complaining about that. I'm not being a victim, but what I'm saying is I think God brought me through it and, you know, through – you know, his grace and his glory. And also I've found personal development. I feel like it's my responsibility to leave the world better than I found it and to leave them with tools. Everybody says, I want to leave the world better than when I found it. I want to leave them with step-by-step simplistic tools to say, even if you're at rock bottom, you don't have to stay there. Here's how you can get out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I gave my life to Christ in my early twenties. And it was really just after 10 years of destruction of, yeah. you know, drug addiction and bankrupt in jail and all that craziness. Um, but I think if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. For you, what was it that prompted you to give your life to Christ? When did you do that?
0: I did it at 15 years old at a Josh McDowell concert. Okay. So, and what it was is I was raised Catholic, but, um, you know, because I'm Italian. So you're kind of like kicked into Catholic. You're like, you're in there, buddy. For <laughs> You're in mass. You're in school. You're in the name of the father, son, the Holy Spirit. You're in there. Kind of like the mafia, like you're in Catholic church, which I love Catholic church, but I felt like I was missing something in my life. And I dealt with a lot of, you know, being, I was born in 83. So raised by grandparents was kind of coming out of that crack era of 83 and what drugs did to so many families. And, but there was still this gap of maybe there was 10% of people that were living with grandparents or aunts or uncles. So it was still looked at the stigmatism, like what's wrong with you? Why are you with your grandparents? So I grew up a lot of bullying, a lot of like I said, my grandparents degree, but we just didn't have it. So it was a lot of free lunch, a lot of growing up in the flea markets, mm-hmm. uh, every weekend selling stuff to make income. That's another place I found Entrepreneur. So it was like going through the battle and almost like you're a warrior and you don't realize you're bleeding a lot until the adrenaline comes down mm-hmm. when you come off the battlefield and the wounds you have. And at 15 – I was – when you come out of the 80s, you're forced to grow up quick. And when yeah. I, I, I kind of just stopped and chilled, I had this moment of like 14 to 15 where <clears throat> I just kind of stopped and chilled, and I, I did a lot of reflecting. And I'm like, I feel like something's missing. I feel like I'm tired from carrying all this weight, and I need help carrying it. And when Josh McDowell was talking about Christ and about you know, how God loves you, and when you're around so much rejection in your life, love almost scares you so when you're kind of explained about real love um what real love is and 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 what christ gave up for you giving his life and giving his son that it's i was like man i need that and i want that and that just hit me at the right moment and it's all about god's timing mm-hmm. you know and it just hit me at the right moment where i was like i need this and and you know i continue to grow with it every day thank god
1: come on absolutely yeah. man now you're part of this awesome group of men called man up tribe board yes. of directors man with some of yes. mutual friends of ours man. <laughs> yes how did this group come to come together and what is the purpose of this group man so it came
0: together uh the uh genius the mad scientist so to speak brian ward with that up he's um, uh, man that guy is amazing he's a former he marine he's you know he's a man of god and what he did was he was like i want to be better so what he did was he put like this super group together of accountability and you know it's 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 all these people in the group it's matt it's jeff it's dr vibe it's you know all these people it's Shay, it's ron and 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 you know he put them all together and we meet and we talk about you know how can brian get better and in that you know with christopher with everybody we're it forces all of us to look in the mirror so it's like some super group of You know, men leaning on each other and a very before social media, men were competitive. You can go back to caveman days, men were competitive. So when you have men of God, when you have, you know, entrepreneurs, when you have men that can lean on each other and build each other and you can say to a man, I know I'm supposed to be strong, but I'm struggling. When you can do that, you create this super group and you put this energy inside of each other. That's just like amazing not only does brian benefit but we all do so that's kind of where it came from and because it's an amazing group of entrepreneurs strong men i'm just so blessed and honored to be part of that group
1: i love that man i think it's so important yeah. for men to get together and and go through that and talk about their struggles man i've been part of a a, a one-year mentorship group with some uh, seven other guys from my church this year and we've met every six weeks we just went down to mccall idaho hung out in the cabin went fishing and you know, just got to deep dive more into that, man. Like, where are we struggling? Where can we be better as men, as husbands, as dads, you know, as as with our walks in Christ, man. And it's so good to have that accountability and just other men pouring into our life, man. Uh, it was a goal of mine to read more books this year than I ever have. And I think I'm on, I'm definitely on pace. I, I think I've read about 18 books this year. Um, but for you, what's that book that had the biggest impact on you? Relentless.
0: Relentless Mm. and winning. That's, that's, that's my biggest mentor is Tim Grover. And it's, he's another level, you know what I'm saying? He's just, and when I read relentless, it made me say, one, I'm not crazy because a lot of times when you go through so much in life and you don't play the victim and, and you solve that problem, you say, I'm not the victim. If you're not careful, the people around you that may not, may not have been able to handle those circumstances will tell you oh, it's so great that you're out of jail or it's so great that you're not on drugs or it's so great that you've held the same job for 15 years. They, they don't expect much of you. When mm-hmm. I was like, I always wanna do better. I, I mean, it started at 11 with the grass, with the cars, with the then with this music. I was like, I always wanna do better. <clears throat> when I read the book, I was like, I'm not crazy. And, 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 and there's somebody that gets me and there's somebody that can lead it. So when I read Relentless and then followed by winning, I was just like, oh, I found it. This is amazing.
1: Tim Grover is such a great guy and I've never met him, but I've just followed him for a long time, man, but you've met him a couple of times. What is he like in person?
0: He is the most, first off, he is what he says he is. He's, he's real. He's humble. He's loving. Um, he's just, I can't, he's like your best friend. Like when I met him, it's like we were best friends and I was so honored by it because to sit at the table with your biggest mentor, it kind of blows you away, but you're kind of so thankful for. It. But he was—I mean, he could have been like—I mean, you know—he's been in the room. He's trained Jordan for 15 years, Kobe, yeah. Dwayne Wade, like, you know, all these people. He could have been like, "Oh, I'm better than anybody," you know. And he's not. He's like, he's like your uncle or your next door neighbor. You're like, wait, wait a minute, this is this is Tim Grover. But he because he's secure in who he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to yeah. prove anything to anybody. So in that, he's confident, but his ego is just—he's he, so humble and nice and and he's just i'm so i'm so blessed to have him in my life man on 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 any level so come
1: on man that's so good dude now uh i noticed on instagram uh you've posted some pictures with like hulk hogan and some other wrestlers seems like you're wrestling fan who what's a favorite wrestler for you
0: uh you can change fan to obsessed man (laughs) but uh yeah i'm like like, (laughs) come on i literally if i had tights i'd be shopping at walmart with wrestling tights on man i'm obsessed with it man but uh yeah so hulk hogan definitely the full horseman the rock i'm just like obsessed with wrestling because if you look at that from entrepreneurs like they had to pay their dues a lot of them got paid 25 dollars a match before they made millions of dollars they didn't get paid enough for gas money and they were eating tuna fish and yeah eight of them in a car and, and 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 they had to master their craft they had to learn to get better they had to be out there in the public speaking they had to wrestle they had a call they had a get up out of bed when they just got backdropped off a steel cage. So it's just like wrestling and life mirrors each other so much that I don't think people see it. And I learn from it. And it's like a free education on videotape or DVD. Every time I watch it, I'm obsessed with the psychology and everything you can learn from (laughs) wrestling. Plus I love to chop people from time to time, like flair. You gotta gotta do that, man. You
1: gotta do the flair chop. (laughs) I grew up. My dad always took me to watch the local wrestling event that would come into town and, yeah. I mean, it was, like, the early startup when, I mean, Jake the Snake came through. Yeah. and
0: Oh, the Dusty- territories, man. That was the territory days.
1: Yeah, and Dusty yeah. Rhodes came through, yeah. man. And, you know, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but, like, midget wrestling was the yeah. my f- absolute favorite it was to watch.
0: It was, it was big time back then, man. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it was so good to watch that stuff. And my dad took me to see, you know, WWF events when it was WWF. And, you know, and got to see the Honky Tonk Man and, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Legion of Doom Man and, and uh, Mystery. I met
0: Animal. I met Animal. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he was amazing, man. And so he was, good. I told him I tried to take off with his shoulder pads, but I couldn't move. Those yeah. things are so, with, the spikes, I had the ones with those. Yeah. I was like, bro, I love these so much. And like, I love you and everything, but I would try to like run off with these, but I won't even get, you know, like 10 feet. They're so heavy. How did you carry these? Like, right. they are, it's like having like 45 pound plates on your shoulders, bro.
1: So when I was in my early 20s, I lived out in Seattle and I worked with this guy at this business corporate job. And yeah. I needed a room to stay. And so he's, hey, dude, I got to in my house. You can come live with me. So I, I move in with this guy and I'm renting a room and it, another, we had another roommate. And turns out that this guy's a wrestler, and uh, he, yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever. dude. What's his address? <laughs> <laughs> so, turned out this dude's a wrestler, and he's been wrestling in this promotional uh, promotion out in the Seattle area where I lived at. Mm-hmm. And he, his name was Mister Sexy, and he oh, had wow. the booty shorts, man, the TDS down the ass, and it said oh, it stood wow. for too damn sexy. Yeah, and so. Literally, one time in our backyard, they brought the ring to the backyard. They were training in my backyard and they no were way. doing, t- I mean, Royal Rumble like craziness. I was like, this is unbelievable. Oh and my gosh. The neighbors called the police though because it was so loud when they were hitting yeah. the ring. Like, yeah. So the cops came and they made them take it down after a day. But it was like, what? for one day, I had Royal Rumble in my backyard. <laughs> That'd be like the greatest day ever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing he worked for this promotion the that- They All the guys were from Canada. And so he's like, Eric, I need you to come. Come watch this event. So I get there, and their guy who runs the music doesn't show up that night. And they go, Eric, can you run the music, like the walkout music for the guys? I'm like, sure, I guess. I've never done it before. So it's this is old school. So you got dual CD players, right? And track one, and and I've got this list of the wrestlers when they come out. Okay, play play track 12 on this disc when they come out. So my buddy was injured. He was a guest referee on the night. So... He comes walking out, and as he's walking out, I'm looking. Okay, track eleven. So I put it in track eleven, and I start playing it. And I'm not even thinking about the music, but it starts playing "Blame Canada" while he's walking out to the oh, ring. And these are all man. Canadian people, right? And I'm and I'm just thinking, what oh, heat, dude, this what is, this is. You're getting. <laughs> And he looks at me, and he's like, "Go like this," and I'm like, "What the hell's happening, man? I'm going off the track." Well, what happened was I forgot to change the CD from the other wrestler. <laughs> oh, I never man, got invited okay. to do music again. I don't know why. But... Oh
0: man, that is the best. Surprised you get a chair shot.
1: Oh, dude, it was it was wild, man. So much fun. That was
0: hilarious. But that is wrestling. But that's what I love about wrestling too, man. Cause even when you're watching them call, when you're watching them do moves, like yeah. it's 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 live, man. They mess up. Like you're gonna mess up. There's you know, sweaty people trying to slam each other, there's people coming out, there's so much going on. You're trying to keep K Fabe, like yeah. you being new, you're like, all right, I just gotta play track eleven. But but did you see how fast the audience changed? Oh, totally. Yeah, and he's like, bro, you're like, you're
1: messing up my career. And you're like, that is classic, man. I made a um, quick recovery, so it almost sounded like he it was his walkout music as the guest yeah, ref, and I was able to yeah. get it back. But it was, there was about 10 seconds where I was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening you now? Original uh,
0: Montreal screw job before Bret right. Hart, man. That's a, totally. <laughs> yeah.
1: And one of the guys on the night, he was making a return as a new character, and he came back as this the chef, is what his name was. Yeah. So he had this like pan, and he went out and he went to hit a dude with it, and the dude took it and reversed it on him and hit him in the head, but he was supposed to stop. He didn't. Instant hematoma, dude, right on the dude's forehead.
0: Oh, it was wild. <laughs> yeah. Bro, it's crazy, like when they mess up moves, how it's yeah. like you don't put your hand up, which is crazy because like, you're trying to call it and you can't hear people and you're getting up and you're confused and you're like, bam, you just don't put your hand up for one second. And it's, yeah, that looked like a real chair shot. That's because it was.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't try so, this at the office. <laughs> right, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I like to bring that up to my buddy because I'm still friends with him today, man. Hey, what's up, Mr. Sexy? So It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> Every time he called, I would play music. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm a big music guy, and and I think maybe I already know this now, but like, I what type of music do you like to listen to? What's your favorite band that you like to listen to?
0: I love the Well, Of course, you know rap music, but I'm obsessed with the eighties, man. Guns. Okay. It. So my playlist will blow people out of the out of the water. <clears throat> It'll go yeah. from like the Animals to Jimi Hendrix to Guns N' Roses to the Bangles to Garth Brooks to Reba to like outcast to the jada kiss to you know biggie smalls like i have like I, sometimes i think pandora is like i give up you try like it's yep. just i have i just love music and i love a great song but because i did music i respect and i know what it took to write those lyrics and what they're trying to say so when a song hits me it can my one friend's an opera singer like it can be you know it like you know opera you know it can be anything it can it just i love great music and trying to figure out what were they trying to say with this song
1: Yeah, man. I love it, dude. Jeff, you're an absolute world changer, man. Such an honor to have you on my show, man. I love what you got going on and I'm excited to see what's coming up next for you. Thank you so much for your time, man. I truly, truly appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. And again, I'm very honored to know you and grow with you and thank you for everything you do with your show, man. I've seen what you put out, the guests, I've seen your post every day. Congratulations with everything you've done with the John C Maxwell, you know, coaching. You're doing amazing, man. You're really a man of God and you're a great entrepreneur and you're really changing the world too. And I'm very honored to be on your show and I'm honored to know you.
1: Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.